Welcome to the Ortho Eval Pal Podcast, where we can help you build confidence with your orthopedic evaluation and management skills. We hope you enjoy the show. And now, for your host, Paul Marquis. Hey everyone, this is Paul Marquis from Ortho Eval Pal. Today we have episode 81. We're going to be talking about radial tunnel syndrome today. And I know I've talked about radial tunnel syndrome in other episodes uh, when we talk about lateral epicondylitis and cervical spine dysfunction and things like that um, because it, it is a lookalike. Um, we don't see it as often as we do tennis elbow, but it is very, uh, very common. And, um, in, and we can mistake in one for the other. And if we don't treat it just right, it's not going to treat us very well. So before we get started, where we talk about, you know, how do you diagnose it and what you do with it? I'd like just to take a, a moment to hear a word from our sponsors. Do you experience leg and foot fatigue when standing for long periods of time? A main doctor and the company he founded, Mainly Technology Group, have created a high-tech, all-terrain, chemical-free sock designed to reduce fatigue. The Easy Glider Sock has a graduated compression weave to keep blood flowing and to keep you energized. Created by Dr. Lee Thibodeau, the Easy Glider is also frictionless, lightweight, warm, extremely durable, and wicks away moisture. The socks will stay fresh for days, thanks to the organic antimicrobial agent, Kytosan. Easy Glider is the only sock you'll ever need for sports, work, and leisure. To find out more, visit EasyGliderSocks.com. That's EasyGliderSocks.com. Hello and welcome back. Let's talk a little bit about radial tunnel syndrome of the forearm. Um, like I said, this is not as common as tennis elbow, but it does exist. And uh, like I said, if you don't treat it just right, uh, it can uh, it can backfire on you. Okay, so the number two reason why patients don't get better is because of inappropriate treatment. And sometimes um, we can actually make this worse uh, if we do treat it too much, like a uh, lateral epicondylitis. So. How does it present? Um, usually, you'll have issues at the proximal lateral aspect of the forearm. Um, it's usually just pain-related. They don't present with uh, paresthesias or loss of sensation. There are no sensory issues um, relating to radial tunnel syndrome. But um, they will describe it as a burning sensation. This pain is not isolated over the lateral epicondyle. It's more in the muscle belly itself. The muscle belly can uh, can become pretty tender to touch, especially over that extensor mechanism. The other thing that can help you diagnose this uh, over uh, lateral epicondylitis is you have the patient um, resist middle finger extension. Okay, and that will give you more discomfort right next at that extensor mechanism. And that can be also a sign of radial tunnel syndrome. One of the things that I like to do is, is obviously palpate it. I usually keep that for last because once you start palpating the area, it'll give you a broad discomfort and it's hard to pinpoint it, hard to isolate it, but you'll certainly be tender um, over that, uh, that muscle belly. Um, and it's usually more over the muscle belly itself. Um, another diagnostic tool for those of you who um, don't know how to do a radial uh, nerve or, or a median nerve stretch um, is, to, is to stretch that radial nerve and see how they do. So how do you do that? Well, you depress the shoulder down. I always tell patients, you know, imagine you're dropping the shoulder down toward your hip. You're reaching for the ankle. Then what you do is you internally rotate the shoulder. And then you bring the hand into flexion, kind of like a waiter's tip position. 
Okay. And then what you do is you have the patient abduct the arm while they're in that waiter's tip position. And that can cause some significant increase in pain throughout the radial tunnel over the lateral um, extensor mechanism of the forearm. Try it on the other side. See if it's as tender. Like a lot of people have nerve-related pain because of nerve immobility, okay, and the inability for that nerve to floss itself throughout the soft tissues. Um, So, as I do this and I explain this to you, I think this would be a great time to do some demonstration videos on YouTube to show you how to do nerve flossing for the medial radial, uh, the median radial and ulnar nerves. So if you do that test, that'll be quite um, uncomfortable for the patient and give them a little bit more burning. Usually there's no specific mechanism of injury. Um, oftentimes it's, um, it happens, you know, with a lot of repetitive gripping, grasping. It's progressive, um, typically. Something you should try to avoid is a lot of repetitive wrist pronation and flexion. That puts a lot of tension on that area and uh, can be quite irritating. So you, you, identified that this is not a cervical spine lesion because you did all of the cervical spine clearing tests that we've talked about in previous podcasts and on all of our YouTube um, videos. Um, And then you've also ruled out that it isn't um, lateral epicondylitis because they're not really tender on that uh, lateral epicondyle. Um, You can give them a little bit of resistance um, to extension. They feel fine at the wrist um, and you do a Mills test and they uh, seem to do okay. Um, But it can be pretty tricky as far as evaluating them and uh, and getting to treatment. So some of the treatment, though, is similar. So what do I like to do with radial tunnel syndrome? I like to do some soft tissue modalities. I like heat, ultrasound, and um, electrical stimulation, interferential current or pre-modulated current. Both help to relax that muscle, decrease spasm in the area, bring some blood flow to the region, Okay. I like to do soft tissue mobilization, very light soft tissue mobilization. And I say light because you can really aggravate that nerve if you get in there and start poking too much. If you treat it like a trigger point problem, that can also be overstimulating to the patient and cause quite a bit of discomfort and then cause more spasm. Um, so I'm cautious with these. I'm a little bit slower with these. Sometimes I'll put them into a night splint just to keep that wrist into um, extension a little bit so they're not straining that too much during the evening. Um, I put these people through a postural program like thoracic kyphosis reduction exercises and I watch not to overstretch the uh, radial nerve when doing these activities, okay? So I try to avoid the wrist flexion when we do things like thumbs-up exercises uh, and work on periscapular strengthening so that we can get better blood flow going into the arm. Um, Then we slowly start to work into our radial nerve gliding activities, okay? And this has to be very, very, very progressive, very gentle, um, and Patients sometimes think that the more I push it, the better I'm going to be. That's not always the case. When it comes to nerve flossing, nerve gliding activities, it is important that you do these very gently and very progressively. And there's a nice progression to these. So we'll do some demonstration videos on how to do that. Um, And then as they start to get better, you want to start doing some re-strengthening of the forearm, okay, and the finger extensors and uh, progress them slowly through that. And then an ergonomic evaluation is always warranted with upper extremity uh, repetitive strain problems because oftentimes it's about poor position, poor neck posture, uh, a rounded shoulders type posture. Maybe the arm isn't sitting in a good position um, if they're doing a lot of repetitive um, activities with the upper uh, body. Now, 
one of the things that people do, and this is just a little key point that I'm throwing in today, and every time I do a, a podcast, I like to throw in a couple pointers that, that really hit home, things that you should really look out for, okay? So one of the things you need to be um, aware of is that compression throughout the extensor mechanism can be helpful. It can help dissipate force, but you don't want to treat this like you would with tennis elbow and use a an aggressive tennis elbow strap that has no elasticity to it because if you compress that mechanism that extension mechanism really hard every time they com- they contract that hand squeeze grip grasp they're going to get irritation okay to that branch of the radial nerve and you're going to get irritation to that muscle belly okay whereas when you use a tennis elbow strap for lateral epicondylitis you're using it as a counterforce brace so not so much tension is pulling through the origin at, of the extensor carpi radialis brevis at the lateral epicondyle okay so you're just trying to take tension out of it with a tennis elbow strap but if that strap is compressed over the muscle belly that's going to cause a lot of irritation to that area these people don't do so well with that they do more they, they do better with some sort of a compressive sleeve, a gentle compressive sleeve um, to help act as a general counterforce throughout the whole muscle. Um, so that's my little pointer for today. And, um, you know, take it easy with radial tunnel. They take a long time to get better. But um, use some of these uh, tricks and tips and evaluations um, techniques that we talked about today and some of the treatment techniques, and you'll do well with them. Um, so if you have any questions or want to make any comments regarding radial tunnel syndrome, get in touch with me at orthoevalpal.com and uh, go to our get in touch page and uh, make sure that you get onto our mailing list so that anything new that comes out uh, regarding CME classes or any new information that I have uh, and all the podcasts, um, you can you can get it uh, immediately once I uh, post it. So make sure you, uh, you hook up uh, that way. And uh, again, if you have any questions, let me know. Thank you so much for listening uh, to our show. If there are any uh, topics you want me to discuss in a podcast, uh, feel free to send that my way and I'll do my very best to, uh, you know, get some good information out to you, something that is uh, not too complicated, um, but fruitful so that you can take a few pointers out from it. So again, folks, thank you for listening. I hope you all have a great day. Take care. We hope you've enjoyed the show. For some more awesome content, go to orthoevalpal.com. Can't wait to see you there.